Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 9th of September, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, we're back. It's uh, it's no longer silly season. It's actual stuff is a happening. Um, a huge, huge number of events that happened in the search world last week. There's tons to cover. We're um, probably going to go over time in every segment, whether we like it or not. So we got to just dive right in. And I really loved this. Um, Dave, the uh, a tweet that John Mueller put out um, talking about uh, 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 how to say this. You remember how like 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 a few years ago, every everything about SEO was all about the links, right? And for the last year or so, it's been all about improving web page quality or the um, uh, uh, function of the, of the web page. You know, you want it to be faster. You want it to be uh, 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 to, 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 to fulfill core web, core web vitals, and et cetera. Eh? Um, love this, this John Mueller quote. Sometimes website quality can't be fixed with technical changes. Right. Um, sort of dropped that there, and uh, he followed up on it with a, with, a, with a number of other things. But that statement alone is something I think SEO should really think about, given the magic bullet type of thinking in uh, the SEO world. Yeah, well, I mean, if I, if I know that I'm you know going back to uh, or, or I'm going to be like walking into a into a house or, or walking into a, a building. Um, and if I know that that room that I'm about to walk into um, has a steaming pile of crap just sitting in the middle of the floor, whether I walk to it or run to it does not change what I'm about to have once I get there, right? Like where I, I totally get what he's saying. The speed of something does not make that pile of crap in the middle of the room better, right? So you need to have something there that is actually worth going to. And then all of a sudden they'll be going, okay, there's two good things. And this one you can run to, and this one you're going to crawl to. So we're going to make the one you can run to the one that you see first. Um, it, it makes perfect sense. Yep. The, uh, the wind up advice, the too long didn't read advice that Mueller gives at the end <laughs> of everything is um, look at your website as a, as a holistic object. Your website is more than um, a technical requirements um, and, and, and technical and analytics. Your website is content that people's visiting. Um, check your navigation, your user experience, and again, most importantly, check the clarity of your site content. Um, something, something really, really, really worth thinking about, again, for SEOs. Um, and I think that's, that's Brasco's old computer, like burping or belching in the uh, in its, its dying gasps. Uh, just for everybody out there at Radio Land to know, our producer got a new computer, and he's quite happy about it. And so are we. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's a, a, again so, uh, something really worth thinking about. Your website is great is is literally the sum of all of its parts, mm-hmm. the whole of the whole of its parts. It's not any individual thing, and there's probably not a magic bullet solution. No, well, I like to think of it in, in three hierarchies. Give people what they want in the format they want as fast as they want it. And in that specific order, that's their importance. What they want is first, the format is second, and then speed is sort of third in, in, in the thing. And you need, it sort of is, is Maslow's hierarchy, um, and except in reverse, where you need to fill about what they want. And if you haven't done that, nothing else above it matters. Okay, now you got the format. If you don't have that, not speed doesn't matter, right? Like you need to give people exactly what they want in the format. Yeah, that's right. If, you're, if your navigation is terrible, um, moving moving people around at the speed of light into a uh, black abyss, a black hole of abyss is um, not helpful. Frustrate faster. That's my <laughs> motto. That's it. <laughs> that's exactly it. Frustrate faster. Um, so yeah, look at your website as a whole and make improvements. Um, or, 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 or try to envision how any any work you do on the website might make your user overall happier. And yeah, it really is about ranking signals. But honestly, Dave, honest to goodness, like laying it right on the table, right? Like, 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 like. Imagine this is one of those podcasts where you have to be emotionally honest all the time, where someone's going to get you. Mm-hmm. How many ranking signals do you really know? A dozen, two dozen that you that you absolutely know are signals with no doubt about it. Right. With no, yeah, not my opinion, but yeah. actually just like this is. Um, I, I would say if I was sitting down, give me a couple hours with a piece of paper. Uh, you know, we, we those of us that have been around for a while could probably come up with somewhere between I'm guessing 50 and 70. Like I'm going not just saying links, but going anchor text. You know, the, the, the value, you know, the page linking to you, position on page, like counting those as individual things. Um, I, I think you could come up with, with a, a pretty solid list, but not, not nearly the number that there are. Yeah, <laughs> there actually are out there. Um, and so trying to uh, – uh, 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 I don't know, trying to – Put your finger on one thing or another and being absolutely certain of that. It's certainly about ranking signals, but given that nobody knows exactly what the exact permutations of any given element constitutes a ranking signal and how those things work when they start working together, the best you can possibly do (laughs) to meet all these ranking signals, which is what you want to do, is write really good content that fits what's being described and, you know, make sure people can get to it and make sure they can get there quickly on any given device they want to get there on. And then you're probably going to be good. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, and then, oh, and then, but then hold it. Then there's a bunch of stuff you really should do, <laughs> you know, but your base, your basics are always your basics. Um, what do we got here? It's uh, we got time for two more stories. We started late, so uh, we're probably gonna go a little bit late. I love this one. <laughs> Google Ads is about to give um, is about to start treating advertisers, people who pay them, 
they're going to start treating them like clients again, like, 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 like customers, you know, like, like you'd want to be treated by somebody you're giving money to. And they're going to do that by starting to show more search term data. Remember all that stuff that they took away and I thought was being a being an exclusive SEO. I just thought it was so funny because they did that to us like ages ago. Mm-hmm. Well, what Google taketh, it kind of sort of gives back again. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how this actually plays out. Obviously, I, I run a, a script daily um, just to keep track of what percentage of my data are they just not showing me? <laughs> right? Like what number of queries? Um, and right now it's coming in at about the 60, 65% on average uh, for most clients that they're just not showing me the, they're showing me the keyword that sparked the, or that the ad was charged for, but not the query that the ad was charged for. So um, that's what uh, it'll be interesting to see how these metrics start to show up. Google um, in its literally infinite wisdom um, is uh, trying to protect user privacy. Um, I'm personally unsure exactly what they're protecting, but you know what, um, given the volume they work at, and I remember what happened when the AOL, uh, dump happened, um, I'll buy that there's, that there's user privacy to be protected here somewhere. I'll buy that. I'll give them that. Okay. Cause sure. So they started doing that in September of 2020. That was when their drop dead were taking the, taking the information away because this is our intention user privacy, they're going to restore all data back to that time that didn't, um, they're going to restore all, all query data for all the impressions that happened that didn't result in the click. So this is why Google showed the page or reference to a page against this keyword query. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but that's only for ones that didn't result in the conversion element of a click um so you didn't get that person but that person saw you and here's how i know they're full of and i won't say the word because otherwise brasco would just have to bleep it before it went uh, went across and, and but here's how i know they are because it's not like non-clicked queries don't provide the same personalization and security problem they're talking about. They're obviously trying to hide some data on how they're charging us for clicks, how they're treating close variants, how that evolves over time, how they're basically stopping me from seeing things that I might negative if I knew they were triggering queries, right? Like that's because there's nothing inherent in what I might be getting a click for that is not inherent in something that we just got impressions and not clicks for there, there's, there's that, except that it's probably more likely related specifically to what we do. If they did click through to our site, right? Like there's actually probably less chance that there's a security breach and some like weird personal information being included in there. Um, if they did click or, or certainly something that I, I should be able to see. So no, I, I, I don't buy it. Um, I, I think they're, they're just absolutely just full of it um, on, on that one. And, and I mean, they're showing it, you know, more data regarding search queries and search console. So I'm already seeing what we're sort of appearing for now that's in a, in a different context, but I, I, I don't buy it. I think they're just trying to hide from advertiser stuff. And this is their way of going, see, we're not, but they're, they're lying. Um, oh. And then they know they are. If there's any information that you can glean from uh, search term data um, predating the time that uh, Mark, that, that that Google said we're, we're clamping down on, on privacy against September 2020. 
you want to get at it soon because they're going to be removing that. Uh, anything predating September 1st, 2020, any search term data is going to be removed um, February uh, 2022. So grab, they're warning people now, grab whatever data you need now. But anything else is apparently you're, you're going to have 6.5 times the data that you do now. So bigger and improved. Right. Here's all the stuff we didn't charge you for. So you probably don't care about that's what they're showing. To. Anyway, that's just me being for snickety. Um. Um, well, again, what the good Google taketh it pretends to give away, sort of kind of giveth, giveth, giveth back again. That's about right. Well, Scroogle. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's time for our obligatory warning. Christmas is coming. And uh, as we all know, Google's getting fat. Um, and you got to get your stuff together to um, get ready for uh, Black Friday and the coming um, Christmas rush. And if you don't do it soon, you're not going to do it. So do it. Dave's yeah. happy Christmas, Dave. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> add, add, add to you. Um <laughs> Big news in the search world before we go. Um, uh, uh, Keith Good left IBM. Did you see that? That was a, that, that, that was fairly staggering. You I didn't did see not. that. No. I didn't see by the re- look on your <laughs> face. No. Uh, yesterday was Keith Good's last day at IBM, and uh, he's he's moving forward. You can read all about it on uh, Facebook or LinkedIn, or talk to the guy himself. Um, and uh, that's just sort of like an end of an era. There was this IBM mafia of, uh, of, of SEOs, you know, yeah. Patrick Stocks and uh, uh, Jesse McDonald and, 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 uh, and Keith. Keith Good and, and all, et al. And uh, Keith was like the ringleader, eh? And yeah. he's moving on. Oh. So well, that's, congratulations uh, to him. I, I guess so. It, it's sort of a little, I guess, I, I didn't know that. So it's a little surprising because I just sort of thought, Keith Good and IBM, like they'll they'll just they'll just both live forever, right? <laughs> they just that, that'll just happen, and you'll always be there. But uh, no, I'm I'm really really curious now to see where where he ends up. Uh, He's announced going. it. I okay. um I would say so myself, but you know, long term, short term, every loss, you know how that right. goes. Um, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm, I read it somewhere, but I'm afraid I just don't remember. But again, I do remember that I wanted to say publicly congratulations to the guy. Indeed. Okay, we got to take a break here at Webcology on WMR.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davies for Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around. we got more coming up after these messages. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 <laughs> apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, Trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at clevertap.com. That's clevertap.com. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.fm. It's the 9th of September, 2021. 
This is Jim Hedge from Digital Waste Media and Dave Davies from Beats Talk Internet Marketing. And uh, well, Project Fraggle Rock. I mean, if that's not like cl- the most clickbait of a project title ever. Yep. Like if, if, you see, if, if, if you're reading through like prestigious science magazine and you see a research study on Project Fraggle Rock, you have to drop everything and read that immediately. Mm-hmm. Similarly, if you're, um, I don't know, reading some some terribly boring um, chemistry or physics textbook, and they talk about Project Fraggle Rock, you immediately have to stop what you're doing and read what what that's about because it's Project Goddamn Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, Lightspeed, the uh, uh, page speed measurer, is updating to. Um, version 8.3.0 and in its update you're not going to believe this <laughs> it's introducing its version of project fraggle rock huh so 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 you got to check this out because it's now it's the most important thing in the world have you ever wondered what happens after like like our analytics tools tend to measure really really measure well what happens as the page loads you can get a waterfall that shows you you know, the, the, the DOM and how everything is loading in, in its order and all the way down. But what happens after the page is loaded? Like, like you lose track of how a page is functioning because now you, it's all loaded. No one's tracking it anymore. That's what Fraggle Rock's going to be doing. Project Fraggle Rock and Lightspeed. Um, how long does it take for a click to manifest into user interaction? Uh, they're clicking a button. Uh, when does the form come up? Is it useful for them to fill in? Um, that's going to be introduced in uh, Chrome, in Chrome 94's Dev Tools as of uh, September 21st, and it's already running live at uh, Lightspeed or at uh, uh, PageSpeed Insights. I'm excited um, by it, and it actually relates to a, a couple things. It's funny. I saw this, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to warn these these fine folks at Google because you can sort of see the direction they're going about something that they said. Um, that I'll, I'll get to in, in just a just a second here. Um, one of the other stories that I, I wanted to cover, but it's it's a good segue. But um, one of the um, things that obviously is exciting about that is, like we 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 know of it as as sort of time to interactive, but this is sort of taking that one step further and going, mm-hmm. okay, but what is that interactive, right? Like what what is what does that mean how is that interaction so um so understanding our our users and how they can interact with a page i, I think is fantastic um and, and and for these tools to take that into account I, I i think is wonderful um now where this leads to a concern um of me um was on a statement oh, like only only in a in a sideways way but it was a statement from uh, martin split over on, on Twitter. Um, now, he was asked, and this is going back on uh, to, to September 1st, and Barry Schwartz wrote about it over on SE Roundtable for anybody who, who wants to read about it. Um, and he the, the question was, when pre-rendering for Googlebot, so this is using pre-rendering systems on a, on a JavaScript or, or single-page application website, does all site functionality need to work as it would for a user? Um, so does the add-to-cart need to work? Stuff like that. Things that Googlebot doesn't really need to know. Um, specifically in a pre-rendered version. Martin's answer, not for Google search. Now, 
yeah, and I'm sure you can see where I'm going. If all of a sudden we're going to be taking more interest, maybe not in the first version of this thing that rolls out, but if Google's now, while they're looking at sites and rendering sites, going to be considering sort of post-load interactions, right? And, and they're not saying that they're crawling stuff or, or like fully interacting, but if I'm seeing the writing on the wall in future versions, they may. To me, that puts an onus on Martin now or, or somebody from Google to announce when that changes. Because right now I have developers and myself going, oh, we can help Google bot out here by like trimming out some of the crap that we no longer need them to see, right? Like if we have an ad to cart, let's just get that off the page. Like why, why are we feeding this to them? I assume that's why Andrew Cilio, who I, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right, the person that asked the original question was asking, um, was to go, okay, do we need to put all of our, our JavaScript? Like, do we need to put all of our scripts for, for crap like this to you? Um, what I suspect he was doing, because I've, I've done things like this, this myself, um, is you can pull out scripts and actually improve your page speed scores and your, your load times by just like pulling out stuff for the pre-rendered version, which is what I suspect he's doing is showing like showing a faster version to, to Googlebot. It's fine. That's, that's just the lab data, not the real world data. But um, you know, it, it's it's a case where if that changes, though, people following this advice who have single page application websites, this could be be a big problem if what I'm thinking is <clears> going to be going on. If all of a sudden they do start counting interaction points, it could be a problem. I mean, they will, but I don't think that's going to happen for a while. I yeah. think um, I, that seems to me a natural evolution for what Google's trying to do to introduce a faster and more compact web. Mm -hmm. um, something that can be shared on a, uh, I don't know, a Dick Tracy wristwatch <laughs> um, or something, you know, like there's, there's, you know what, there's a new set of glasses out there um, that I wanted to cover this week, but I didn't have time to find the story on it. But this is exactly what Google's trying to prepare for um, a world where things have gotten so small um, it requires um, tight, fast, and um, ever faster um, code and applications. Yeah. And um, Google's going to push developers kicking and screaming to that. And everyone's going to screw up along the way. Um, but I bet you that what we've been going through for the last uh, two years, three years at Google's insistence is going to... Um, go further this, this isn't the end of it yeah yeah well it, it, it is it, it is a case of that and I, I'm pretty sure you're right uh, my concern like in, in the in the instance that I was referring to there is and, and we've talked about this many times on our show just uh, incidentally is some like legacy piece of advice from 10 years ago suddenly being asked about we're like I can't believe we're still talking about that somebody going oh well we built our pre-rendering system we're working one of the the sites I, I've worked with is still using a pre-rendering system. Google recommended it ages ago. Works fine. It's called Puppeteer. Works fine, but it's been deprecated, but it, it still does the job just fine. Okay. If somebody builds a pre-rendering system and makes it operate in the way that Andrew Cilio is referring to, are they going to be constantly revisiting that every time Google changes something? No, they're going to go, I have a pre-rendering system and it works, right? Like you're, you're not going to ever question it until Google changes and then go, what just happened? Right. And, and would you look to your pre-rendering system first? Maybe, maybe not. So I, I just think for their sake, my dream world is at some point, they'll just be able to index 
these pages so well without pre-rendering, which is, I think, what they were trying to do about a month ago, that they'll just be announcing, stop with the pre-rendering. Like, we got this. And actually mean it, like, not in the googly way that they said they had Flash back, like, a decade plus ago, or the way they mm-hmm. said they have JavaScript now, but in like a real, we're actually just rendering it. We see what's there. We understand what's going on and, and move on. So, well, and this is, and, and you know what, you'd get a lot more. I think actually you'd probably get, you get a lot more sites. Um, how to say this? The brilliance that are going into finding ways to, um, well, they, they, they go into find ways to make sites faster. That's yeah. Okay, speaking of the brilliance going into uh, uh, well, everything, um, machine learning and uh, 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 artificial intelligence and their uh, use by the search engines. I'm, Microsoft is aping Google by introducing a AI-driven, um, <coughs> excuse me, an AI-driven uh Reference engine, would you call it? Microsoft Start. It's going to be very similar to uh, Google Discover um, in that it's going to push content to users rather than um, have users um, search for that content. Uh, Any thoughts? I think it's fine. I don't see it being a big thing. Um, you know, but at the same time, um, like what, one of the big perks to discover, like for, for me, the, the discovery network. Now I, I'm mostly familiar with it historically from a paid search standpoint, and I find it an unsung sort of area of, of discovery. I, I work heavily in it, um, now whenever I'm trying to run uh, branding discovery, um, sort of campaigns, it, it works better for me than, than say the display network does or, or something for, for a similar task. Um, probably just cause less people are there. Um, I am putting a lot of emphasis and I've actually got a, a story we'll be chatting about in, in just a little bit also related to the discover network, but on Google, not, not Bing, um, putting a lot more focus. And so is Google on that area. Um, as far as, as desktop and, and, and different, different areas, traditionally it's, it's more a mobile, a more mobile thing, um, for Microsoft to be following suit, great um you know i i I suppose for them it can never be the thing that google has because google just has the the power behind them but at the same time one thing that and i was catching myself there because when i started thinking about it i'm like that's not really going to be a thing uh but one thing that microsoft is great at doing is integrating the various products together now they got in a lot of trouble in the 80s for that but all of a sudden, they're not the dominant player across all spaces anymore. So now they can, <laughs> they can do stuff a, again. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I see my, like, um, I don't know, I, I, I start my computer and, and I have a Windows computer and I see, like, an image and it's like, did you like this? And here's some fun facts on it or, or whatever. I could see them integrating more um, discovery angles of things, a place they can put advertising, by the way, um, you know, including more discovery. Um, I love the discovery network because you're getting in front of people, um, whether it's organic or paid, that are not in a task-specific environment. It's more like Facebook, but with a, a stronger sort of, you know, intent to sort of digest information than it would be on Facebook where you might just be looking for a cat video, right? Or something like that. Um, but I, I do find that regardless of, of which engine it is, um, I, I do think there's there's a lot to be had there. So I wish them luck, but not more in 
just it being a discover from Google. Cause I've seen sort of like the, the traffic that comes from discover on Google. And I'm like, if you trim that down to market share on Bing, it really does not matter at all. But as an integration into some of their other, um, you know, sort of areas, including the operating system. Um, I, I think, you know, from that tangent, it, it could actually have a, have a bit of power uh, for marketers and for just me as a user getting access to, uh, to some information, assuming that their AI systems are as good or better than Google's. You know, for, uh, for marketers, for publishers, webmasters who are interested in getting into uh, Google Discover and, and, and inter- uh, interested in uh, Microsoft Start as well, um, Lily Wright wrote, a, wrote an interesting article on uh, Discover, I think it was published yesterday on, on her blog. Um, she's going to be on our show next week to talk about it. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. That's going to be exciting. Um, She's been diving into uh, uh, AI and machine learning a bit recently. I understand you've been a little bit interested in that uh, the last last year or so. Um, Mm -hmm. So that should be that should be a a pretty cool conversation. Yeah, no, that's going to be a a great conversation. Um, On a related note, I I guess might as well dive in because it's absolutely related. Uh, Roger Monty over at SEJ Mm -hmm. um, covered a story, um, Google showing how to optimize for beta discover. Yep. Um, So Chrome uh, in a beta version um, is going to be basically allowing users to integrate feeds from other websites. Well, sort of like a Google read, but a reader, but, but far better, um, how to integrate, I guess not integrates bad. It's not just going to show up like a feed reader, but how to integrate specific content, um, into your, into your Chrome experience might be a, a better way to say that it is just in beta, but that Google's putting out instructions on how to optimize for it tells me this isn't like a, we're beta testing this and then we'll see how that goes. They're beta testing it for deployment and to, and to catch hiccups. This is happening. Um, and so, sorry. This is this is how the user, how you can tailor or optimize your own feed, right? Yeah, it's it's so that you can and and your own uh, sort of experience of what gets prioritized. They're also giving advice to webmasters on how to make sure that it's easy to add you in there um, and, and easy to follow you. They are going to be relying on their crawlers to provide a follow this website or or, or follow this person. Um, but there are some feed um, suggestions that they have. Um, and the placement of RSS feeds to make their job um, a little bit easier. So I do recommend head over to, to Search Engine Journal, um, give it a read. Um, I suspect that with this edition, I can say that we are getting decent traffic at a couple sites that are publishing sites um, from Google Discover Network, depending on the topic. But the you know results may vary based on on your topics and how you write them. Um, but uh, but this is is definitely going to be an area of of high interest, especially if you publish a lot of resource type content. Uh, excellent. And again, this is another area that I think, um, how to say this when, when Google or, or, or Microsoft start getting into these, um, like Google discover may or may not work. It may or may not be here a year from now. After all, this is a Google product that is core search, but the technology and the techniques, the tools, the building blocks um, for this stuff doesn't go away. Google often recycles ideas and builds them into something new. And I think this is like um, not, this is a, uh, an area that both Google and uh, Bing and, and, and any major information provider wants to um, delve into further. 
Google's already great at, 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 at providing query-based results. You ask it a question, it'll give you an answer that's reasonably close to what you asked. Um, it'll answer your question for you. But in this case, Google is has a great deal more control of the information that is being pushed to the user. And that means they have a great deal more control over the ad dollar that is around the information being pushed to the user. And it's not that Google wants to control the information being pushed to the user. It's that if Google wants to control the access to those ad dollars. Um, <laughs> so it's going to keep pushing this. If Google Discover goes away, as it might, because the program may have serious flaws in it, Google programs often do. Um, but the idea won't. They're going to do this again and again and again. So getting into the feed and getting into being part of uh, Google and Microsoft feeding information is can only be useful in the long, in the long run. Yeah, well, it's something people might not know if they're not uh, familiar with these networks is that they're intent based. It's, it's based on Google understanding or Microsoft understanding who I am as, as a person and what my interests are and then feeding me um, sort of stories and, and information that I might be interested in. And one of the things that captures me as an advantage of Microsoft uh, would have over Google on this. Yes, Google understands everything I do on a browser. Pretty much for, for, for the lion's share of people, um, Google understands what people are doing on their browser. Microsoft, for most people, understands what they're doing on anything. <laughs> like they, they, they own my PC. Now, they don't own my, my mobile device. Um, and for a lot of people, that is their pr primary uh, computing device. For me, it's, it's not. I, I use a PC most of the time. So for me, for my personal, Microsoft will have a, a, a strong, maybe not advantage, but a, a strong play um, in understanding who I am. Uh, based on on my activity and what programs I have and and things like that, um, you know. Whereas Google, well, uh, you know, I'm an SEO, so I don't think Google quite knows anything about who the <laughs> heck I am based on my queries. Like I don't know, does he like sports? Does he like machine learning? But like I, I have no idea what the, what this guy's doing. We know he likes going places though. Um, but uh, but but that's that's uh, that's about it. But um, anyway, it, it's going to be an interesting thing to see. Watch, and I'd be interested, and I, I probably won't have time. Otherwise, I'd want to do it myself. But in pitting the two devices against each other, um, back when they they were working together, it's right up Eric Enge and Mike Traffigan. They're they're not working together now, but that's right up the alley of stuff they would have tag teamed together, um, like they did with um, sort of Alexa versus um, Google Home devices. Um, but, uh, and, and no, mine didn't just go, oh yeah, it did. There we go. It tries to talk to me now by Google home. Um, anyway, so it, it would have been interesting to, to, to sort of see, um, which, which one does has more specific, uh, or, or more accurate information, but anyway, um, we should, we've still got a lot to cover and I could babble we, endlessly about Google discover. So I won't. <laughs> we do. It's just so, so there's a certain segment of our listenership. I'm guessing somewhere between 25 and 33% of it that might believe that Bill Gates is planting tracking devices in their search queries or in their um, search mm -hmm. engines. He's, he is actually, but don't worry about it. They all do it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. They'll give you a cookie, but uh, <laughs> they'll give you a cookie for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. We got one more, one more, then we got to go to break. Uh, this should be a fast one. If you're republishing duplicate content, you're probably not going to rank for queries relating to that content. 
This is a yeah. public service announcement by Captain Obvious. Or John Mueller, uh, one or the other. Somebody somebody asked John the question. He answered the question. Um, and I guess I guess it's a it's a there's a there's a lot of um publishers out there that are um shall we say repurposing other content because it helps flesh out the um ideological or topical point of the blog or publication that they're that they're publishing mm -hmm. um and so there's a lot of repurposed content in play right now um and i guess maybe that's why somebody would ask john the question yeah now one exception i will 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 note um for for listeners uh, because i i've done this and there there is a caveat or, or sort of a downside to it but it's a, it's a temporary one um is i i have had clients who want to publish their posts on their blog, but also republish to Medium because Medium actually provides them some solid traffic. Like they, yep. they actually have a, you know, a, an account with, with Medium. Uh, with Medium, you have to dig it up because they don't make it real easy to find. I mean, I, I know where it is now, but you can easily find how to canonicalize in Medium. You can canonicalize. So if you can control your canonicalization, it works. I have hit, if I publish them both at the same time, cases where even though the canonicals there, Google goes, Medium is strong and ranks that thing for a couple of weeks first, even though it's canonicaling back, but they, they do figure it out. It's just like a little hiccup. So maybe give yourself a week or two lead time to be that's the, the power true. Of, that's the power of a link network, isn't it? I yeah. mean, obvious, but that, 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 if anybody ever questions, are links still important? There's yet another example. That's that's the effect of a link network. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you tell Google this is the primary source, this is the one it all came from, um, the grandma source, Google will respect that over time. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't take them long. But I always, anytime I've republished, I've always recommended leave it on your own site for a week or two first. Let Google really know that that's your content and then... So, if, so that's if you've got control of the content, you've yeah. made it, it's your property, so to speak, um, and uh, you can publish it anywhere you want to publish it. But if it's somebody yeah. else's um, yeah. and you make a habit of publishing lots of other people's content that's already been published, your chances of scoring good ranking are very, very low. Um, and you'll have to find, you should probably find other ways to try to get your information to uh to 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 an audience because the search engines probably aren't so interested because <laughs> <laughs> there's another place to get that content that was the original source and that's what they prefer to to provide yeah okay on that we got to go to the original source of the ad you're about to hear next also on behalf of dave davies from bsoc internet marketing this is jim hedger from digital always media you are listening to webcology recorded live to podcast on the 9th of september 2021 and we're back after these messages Looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. 
everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the uh, 9th of September, 2021. Summer's technically not gone yet, but it's awfully damn close. Um, we are um, actually close to the uh, autumn equinox, and that's uh, just, I don't know, maybe, maybe if you live in Canada, that gets pretty scary. If you live in Western Canada, it's not so bad. But if you live in Central Canada, it means that the hell of winter is coming. And that's uh, ah, terrifying thing. So get out there and enjoy it while you can. Um, where do we want to go? Um, did you see the state of search? Uh, SEO, um, <coughs> SEJ's SEO state of search survey. The, uh, wait, which one? Sorry, there's there's two, and I'm actually proofing a third one. <laughs> really, uh, state of state of SEO opportunities published uh, yesterday. In fact, over at Search Engine Journal. Oh, I don't think I saw that one. Enlighten us. Uh, at Search Engine Journal, Shelley Walsh uh, takes the results of. Um, a segment of Search Engine Journal's annual seminal state of the industry surveys and um, lists out what um, SEOs suggest um, are uh, the top ranking factors. Now, this is a uh, survey that hit on about 2,800 SEO professionals. This is what they say they've experienced over the last 12 months. Um, some of these things may be ranking, uh, how to say it? A ranking factor and a ranking signal are different things, <laughs> okay? Um, you can have a combination of actions that come together to form a signal. And that would be a bunch of factors put together, but you can't say with any great precision that A, B, C, D led to one, two, three, four, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I want to, I just want to get that before reading all this stuff off because we are not saying in any way that this in ranking is what's going to do it for you. Because remember, remember how the show began. There ain't no magic bullet solutions. You have an entire entity, a big thing that's a website made up of a whole bunch of other things. And they got to be looked at holistically. So the number one ranking factor, according to, to, to 2,800 working SEO professionals, on-page stuff like meta titles, description, H1s, H2s. Um, of the 2,800 people, about 763 people rank that as their number one factor. After that, organic user behavior, interestingly, click-through rate, bounce, time on site, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 720 people said that was uh, a ranking factor. Depth and accuracy of content, structured data, content freshness, mobile friendliness, brand awareness, topical relevance, links, and number 10 is site speed. Check it out. It was, again, published yesterday at Search Engine Journal, and um, it gives a pretty good uh, look at what SEOs are thinking, remembering, and again, as, uh, as Shelley says straight up, correlation ain't necessarily causation. 
Right. Well, one of them that really threw me off as, as I was, I was, I was looking through the list and, and you were listing them off is coming in at number 12 is domain authority. And I find that <laughs> such a, such a funny one. And I don't even know why it was included. Cause I'm like, well, it's number 12, but at the same time we have links, we have like content freshness. We have like on page, like we have all of the other things ranked above it that actually are the things that lead to domain authority. Like, to me, domain authority isn't really a metric like that. I mean, I understand that like Moz has made a metric out of it, but it's a different thing. It's not like domain authority in a Moz way is not a metric at all, or is not <laughs> a signal no. at all. Um, you know, would you, it, would you it, call it a would you call it a credit mark or a trust mark or something like that? that yeah, I mean, wrong word, I, but you know what I mean, right? I, I I could consider it like if I'm going to be doing business with somebody and I check their Google reviews or their better business bureau rating and went, they have, you know, a four out of five review, you know, stars out of a good number of them, or, or they have, you know, an A or A plus rating on the better business bureau. There's a good chance I'm going to have a good experience with them. I might not, right? Like I might be one of the other ones, but it, it could be a decent marker of going, okay, now still read their site and make sure that this makes sense for you. But okay, it, it's, it's worth including them in your list to gander at because we trust them. Right. And then and, and a bunch of other people trust them, including one authoritative site and one, well, quasi, you have better business bureau. We can call it what we want. Right. And a bunch of people <laughs> also, also liked it. So that, that's sort of how I view the Moz one is, is it's decent. Now, that's no discredit to them. I just usually look at a few if I'm looking for those kind of metrics and go, okay, you know, does Majestic, Ahrefs, and Moz, if all three of those agree, still not the gospel but you're probably better off, right? Like all three of them kind of think this is strong. Either they're all failing in the same way. And you probably already know that with some like site scraper that manages to get a high, high rating somehow. And all three of them think it does. I've seen those a lot, but other than that, they usually, you'll see like one's a zero and one's a 93 or something. And it's like, okay, that's not a good one. Um, anyway, it, it is an interesting list, but not, yeah. Looking at aggregate data of what a bunch of your 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 peers and, and professionals are thinking is is often interesting. It can make you see things a little bit differently. And you sort of like noted it as well. Number two, the organic user behavior. That one actually surprised me to be as high up in that list as it was. I don't disagree with its placement, but I do find it interesting. Um, I and mean, what do they mean by that? How are yeah. you interpreting it? What does this mean against that? You know, it's right. I'm, I'm always weird about this. I mean, and the, and the funny thing is my entire career, I believe that Google's considered it important, yeah. but I've always believed them when they said it's not a ranking signal. Yeah. Well, and that's, so do I. I, I believe them when they say it that way, but what do they really mean? And, and we are, this is a survey of a bunch of people who've been around this discussion for like five, 10 years now, right? Like it's probably people who are taking it in the right context going, yes, we understand. Google's not adjusting my site's ranking for this. They're just adjusting the entire set of search results. So <laughs> you know what this tells me? Organic user behavior, you know, click-through rate, bounce rate, time on site, all that stuff. You know what that tells mm -hmm. me if somebody likes the page or not? Are yeah. you good here? You're comfortable here? You're getting what you want? Do you want more? Right. If they're sticking around, they're moving from page to page, their average page session is like 6.8 rather than 1.5, they probably like the content. Yeah. Well, and everything in a context, if a query is meant to have a featured snippet and that's really going to solve the complete answer for most people, then a click-through rate is not the same <laughs> as it would be for like a number three listing on a query that like, 
you know, or even a number one listing on a query that's meant to have a, a long form uh, sort of explanation. So, well, and but you know, the uh, the feature snippet's wonderful and everything. The click through rate is just critically important because our, we're in the job of conversions, right? Yeah, got to get that money in our or somehow get that whatever the conversion might be, be it reservation, be it like an actual purchase, we got to get that to our clients. That's yep. Or somebody else will, <laughs> or I hope somebody will anyway, because yeah. you know, hell, they're giving, they deserve it. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the check of the state of uh, state of search surveys at, at SEJ, and this time they're being really cool, like breaking it down into small component pieces. The actual big full download is like 60, 70 some odd pages. Mm -hmm. um, in the previous years, they just sort of like dumped it, and it's like, yo, here's the survey deal with it guys um i i, I actually I, I like the way that that SEJ is dealing with it this year by again com componentizing it yeah uh we got a few minutes um where do you want where do you want to go okay i i got two things i i really want to make sure we cover one super fast though yep. um so uh over at se roundtable again if you want to get uh, get more details i've done this is you can use your uh, knowledge graph id as the same as like basically there's a url google gives you for your like knowledge graph id um they are now advising not to use that um i i let jason bernard know that he's like that's not my experience <laughs> Um, it is not using it, but basically as the same as it's going, this entity, this company, this person is the exact same as who you understand with your machine ID on Google's end. Um, as John points out, though, the machine ID may change. Are you going to like, are you going to follow that is, is what I think he's sort of getting at is like, what if we change the machine ID? Um, will you, will you know? But from where uh, Jason's coming from, that's an incredibly powerful little tool, right? Well, that that's it. I, I don't, can't remember if I figured it out independently and have chatted about it with Jason or whether I read it uh, in some of his courses and started doing well, it. I'm not so sure now. which of those two things is first. <laughs> um, but it, it made it made perfect sense. Um, and and I, I don't think I'm going to be undoing it, but it does set up a, uh, maybe I need to come up with a detection system to monitor a machine ID for changes and just make sure that that doesn't change. Now, something else is not directly in the search space um, that I know we only have a minutes, um, but folks can, can investigate um, was earlier today um, over on the Twitter blog, uh, they announced the launch of communities. Um, so you can now claim communities and create communities very much or, or as imagining it. I, I haven't gotten through the process yet um i'm imagining that it will be a little bit like facebook groups where other people could communicate within this community but it's only visible well it's visible publicly but only these people can engage in it what i'm imagining why the the power behind it and i've got clients who are already setting up their their communities right now or applying for them right now is on facebook group posts get elevated in the feed because there's, there's a, a community around it. And you've clearly said, like you would with pages, this is important to me. I've specifically liked this. And there's an easy way to get out of that. Just going, I don't anymore. <laughs> and it's done. I'm going to imagine that if you've created a community, it's not going to appear in everybody's feed more, but I'm imagining that we'll start seeing that posts that you do within that community will be elevated within that community, the, the, the members of that community's own feeds. I'm imagining we're going to see that. So um, I would suggest if you can create a community around what you do, um, and if Twitter is, is a good channel for you, then 
um, get on it now before somebody else does. Uh, I know with one client, I was, I was sort of chatting about it and, and discussing the fact that, and they, they're totally on board, the, if I don't, somebody will, right? So it's not even about me being able to market, it's me stopping somebody else from gaining that, that forward. So thinking ahead and going, maybe you want one for your company and you want one for your niche. And if you can create the best one first, yeah. it's yours to lose. And actually, you know, in, in that's, Go, you know what? If you're still listening to us talking, you're you're making a mistake. Go do this now. Um, this is, Twitter is an incredibly powerful tool for those who are dialed into into that conversation or into like uh, into, for want of a better word, that community. Um, in fact, I can see this being um, more power a more powerful marketing and communications tool than even Facebook is. Um, and Facebook has like four times the user base that Twitter does. But Twitter just seems more focused sometimes, eh? Yeah, which is funny to say about Twitter. But in this context, I think yeah. that's, that's exactly right. Um, and I mean, that might be expressing like some serious disappointment with what Facebook has become. Um, not, not that I don't have some disappointment in what Twitter became. But again, it just feels that uh, when you want to make a point, you make it in Twitter. And when you want to uh, get attention... Um, in a lazy sort of way, you do it in Facebook. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> um, now, now again, Facebook has four times the user base of, of Twitter. It's a great advertising uh, vehicle. Don't 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 discount Facebook just because we're making fun of it. <laughs> we're not getting sued this week. <laughs> um, okay, you know what? One more. We we started late. Um, what do do we have? Anything else on the drawing table? Um, well, if we, we have a, a follow-up. Um, this just happened earlier today as well, um, mm-hmm. which I, I find interesting for, for the future. I believe last week we were chatting about um, basically WordPress hiring, and I, the name's escaping me over, over who it was, but like a, a headless Chrome um, sort of sort of um, component um, to, to their infrastructure. Then this week, Jetpack acquired um, a WordPress social imaging generator. Um, so what this is like... So we're seeing a lot on the development of probably a, a new format um, for the CMS itself. I'm not saying a replacement, but just a either enhancer or, or a secondary sort of system we were talking about last week. Um, and now we've got social image generation um, systems being purchased. I think WordPress is making very, very big plays um, right now. And it's going to be interesting. I, I suspect if I'm right, we're going to be hearing a lot more acquisitions coming out of WordPress um, over over the next uh, probably few months, and then it'll be interesting to see what what next plays. What I'll be really interested to see is does WooCommerce make some some big um, big announcements to try and combat because that's the big weakness right now to try and combat against like Shopify um, or something like that. So so that'll be interesting. That's indeed that'll be interesting. I just I have this feeling that we are on the precipice of a new web. Um, I mean, the backbone will be the same, but the way we use it is is going to be different. Um, it might be a really good time. There's a chip shortage, so, so you know. But friends, yeah. upgrade your computers. You're going to need more RAM. Yeah. <laughs> just got this. Just got this feeling. Uh, you're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> um, and you know what? While we, I think we have like uh, maybe a minute left. Yeah, yeah, yeah go while for we're, it. While we're on the subject of WordPress, um, WordPress five eight one just got released. It, it fixes a bunch of vulnerabilities. So, folks. Head over to WordPress, back up your site first, 
um, and then do the do the upgrade. I've already started them, but I just always remember to back up my sites first before doing um, well, like a, an update to the core. It's funny. I woke up this morning. I'm just actually I'm I'm uh, 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 confirming this in my uh, on my cell phone while we're talking. I woke up this morning to the update to announcement. Um, I got automatically updated. Oh, oh. good so, for you. You have a good hosting provider. Yeah, uh, so go check your websites. Make sure they're all still working and all the apps are working with them. Okay, we got to go. It's been a full clock, even though we started a bit late on it. Uh, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beesong Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Always Media Friends. You have been listening to Webcology recorded live to podcast on the 9th of September, 2021 at WMR.com. COVID-19 is still real. In fact, there are more transmissions and infections in America today than there was at this time last year, and it is ripping through communities of people who are unvaccinated. Please, please protect yourselves and your families and your communities. Get vaccinated. Keep the ho- keep hospital beds open for people with heart attacks and head injuries, people who really need them. Um, and uh, stay safe. Rank well, be kind to each other, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program, those of the guests and hosts, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.